0: on and listen to Crazy Train Radio.
1: You drive me wild. <laughs> what up, Crazy
0: Train Radio?
1: You look like hell, and I could look the same. What's the photo for? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! truth, truth. truth
0: true i love scotch i love scotch scotch has got scotch here it goes down down into my belly what's it open
2: Say it. Say it.
1: Say it. 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 Don't mess with me. I'm one crazy foo. Hey there, Friday fans, we know how much you enjoy the movies, enjoy grabbing your Friday merchandise and interacting with the Friday family, whether it be at conventions or during our particular watch-alongs. Well, when you're looking to get yourself masks, Why not check out our friends over at Camp Blood Customs out of New York State and order your specific custom mask from any of the films. All orders are made specifically your needs and wants are. Make sure you find Camp Blood Customs on Facebook, Instagram, and all over social media and order yours today.
2: This is JP Zarka of ProWrestlingStories.com, and you are listening to Crazy Train
1: Radio. Hey, folks, it's your least favorite host in a podcast world. Croc, Jonathan Steele Boy do we have a good one for you today Well ladies and gentlemen Boys and girls, children of all Ages, I've been looking forward To this one because I originally reached Out to this guest, I'm guessing December, January But at the time he And for the past few months has had Stuff going on, all good From what I'm aware of because he had a the birth of another child, but this man and guest found it ProWrestlingStories.com. And obviously Dr. Mike Lano is with us, who is a contributor to the website. But Pro Wrestling Stories, if you haven't heard of this, the main focus is sharing wrestling history nonchalant, however you want to say it, with offering some of the very best behind the scenes stories i in and out of the ring. We were kind of telling some stories, and they were talking about the Chicago Anthony Theater, and we'll get into more on air, but he is calling in from London, Mr. J.P. Zarka.
2: Thank you for having me, gentlemen. It's good to be on your show, and yes, we've been emailing back and forth for a couple months now, and we were just about to have travels when you originally reached out, and then we had the baby in March, That's- and so... Yeah. She's three months old now and just beautiful little child. And I work from home. So it's just trying to balance uh, working on the website and wrestling history and having a baby popped on my shoulder to do some burping. You know, So that's, that's kind of my life at the minute, but it's, 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 that's amazing. And yeah, pro wrestling stories has been around now for seven years and how you explained it, it's just kind of like uh, you could sit down and just click and browse. And, you know, you don't even have to be a current wrestling fan. There's something in there for everybody. It's all nostalgia. It's all history. Things that you may have known about, but now you can find the details.
1: And I like how you guys incorporate from at least the writers I've seen. And obviously another friend of the show, Mr. Evan Ginsberg, works mm-hmm. closely with you guys. As an editor and such, but you started off Reddit, mm-hmm. you know, just telling stories, and your wife encouraged you to start the website, correct?
2: Yeah. So I started posting on Reddit in 2014 under the guise of wrestling stories. That was just a little series name that the readers were like, oh, you should do this every week. I put out a story after reading uh, Bret Hart's autobiography, Hitman, and it was about the ultimate warrior avoiding um, a make-a-wish family. And it's, it was a sad story, but I was just posting it on Reddit and, you know, it got a lot of reads. And then the next week I had put together some quotes and stuff about Owen Hart's passing. And then it went into the Von Ericks and it really became almost like something for me to do on the week on Saturday mornings. My, my wife would like to sleep in before my, our first child was born and I would wake up early and I would use that time. Just what was one of the best wrestling stories I've come across this week? And I would just write it and on Reddit, I would put them out and it became a really popular series. I think in like 2015, it was voted the number one series in a uh, squared circle. And my wife says to me, why don't you put these stories on a website? Cause obviously reddit.com, you know, there's, there's a lot of followers there, but you know, there's a way to reach, you know, a grander audience if you put it on a .com." And so I, I created pro wrestling stories in May of 2015. And I already had about 32, 30 five stories somewhere around that already pre-written just from the Reddit posts. And so it's just a matter of making it visual, adding photos, incorporating video more than what you can do on, on Reddit. And then really just posting stories on there moving forward. And it just, it's mind blowing where the site's
1: kind of gone its journey since then. Well, speaking of photos, Dr. Mike, since you can, when did you get involved with the website and all that fun stuff?
0: Um, we had him on the other show. Um, you know, Evan and I did Legends Radio on a real terrestrial station for maybe close to twenty years, and Evan booked uh, JP on. The, weren't you on the show? Is that how we met? On the uh, you weren't
2: on. The, you weren't on that episode. It was just Russell and uh, Evan.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's right. Because I haven't seen seen you or learned all of your story. And, yeah. Um, Anyway, probably, I don't know, like the last nine, ten months or something like that. Evan I've known since the late 70s, and I'm, I go back a little bit before him, but, you know, I he and I did so many projects together from his newsletter, Wrestling Then and Now, and then we were both, for newsletters, starting in the late 80s, Evan and I both contributed to, um, and now he's an MMA promoter and all of that, uh, Jeff Osborne's um it's called cassette wrestling news and it was different than all we used to have so many newsletter sheets from george ann macropolis's chatterbox which was very gentle you know any audience could look at it to the hardcore observer or arena or chair shots or what have you and um so this one we would all send in on an audio cassette or do a phoner, and he would tape jeff would tape it so it was actually a physical set cassette you know, calling all of us together writing these things, or, you know, or it was oral. Uh, so we're all talking, this, you know, reading our text. And, and maybe you have less of a hard time with me, JP, on that. <laughs>
1: right. uh,
0: but uh, so that was kind of like the most unique out there thing that I had ever seen. So it was a newsletter, but it was an audio newsletter. And this and was eighty nine. Was, was it
2: transcribed into audio or to text as well, or no, just uh just by tape? No,
0: that was the format. Everybody, the people who paid to subscribe, all got the cassette, and I still have them all. Um,
2: That's incredible! You guys were doing podcasts before. you know 30 that, years that before podcasts thing. became popular. I didn't That's know that because I was
0: involved early on. Bob Ryder had me as one of his first writers at CompuServe, and then I was running wrestling boards on. Uh, no, that was Prodigy with Bob Ryder. And then I was doing wrestling boards as well on CompuServe. And then I was an assistant board leader for the grandstand on AOL, which was like where everybody in wrestling was going. And for a time, I was the boss for about two years and had Thez do a bulletin board, often Sika, Missy Hyatt, uh, Joe Petticino, later folks like Gertner and Blue Meanie and, and others from ECW, etc. on on AOL. Obviously, Prodigy and Compass were long gone. Nobody today even knows what they were. But that's. I used kinda... to get
2: the free CDs or the. You, you would get the CD in the mail
0: for AOL. I remember the CDs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would get all I, three. I still have some of them as collector's items. Mean, I think they're worth a lot of money, even though we used to throw them in the trash.
2: How funny. I, I've done the same thing as you, I've kept them.
0: You're unique in that you came from one of the world's greatest wrestling cities, Chicago. So we're talking about the amphitheater, but there was so much more there. Like when I was working for Ron Scholar and did his program and was his event photographer and later took over from John Arizzi doing his PR, when we went into Chicago, we did two house shows and he flew me into Chicago a week in advance to do all the media, TV, radio, print. And then New York, a week in advance of that show at the uh, theater venue for Madison Square Garden for the AAA shows that Ron was putting on starting in like 92. Uh, which led into basically so that was he he buy the shows the triple a shows from antonio Pena. but when we went to chicago i i begged him can you just buy a cheap trophy and honor bob loose in the middle of the ring he was the guy who promoted chicago or was the figurehead for dick the bruisers wwa jointly in promotion with Vern gania's awa and he was a total character calling his own tv I don't know really what he did legit from a promotional thing, but he brought his son there and he's like the biggest character. So I set that up for Bob Luce, who I loved in Chicago. And then we went to New York. I did it with Pedro Morales. So I had Conan with me and Santo Jr. and Octagon and Pedro Aguayo Sr. Giving it to, to Pedro there, but Chicago, and then you moved to England. And so now I want to ask if your uh, at least your latest will be a, uh, have dual citizenship, or if you're ever planning (laughs) on coming back to the US or waiting to see uh, what goes on with us from your gas prices have to be lower than ours. Now, ours, you'd be surprised,
2: you'd be surprised. I don't know what they are in California. But um, to answer your first question, our daughters are dual citizenship, but they're not British. They're German and American because my wife's German. I'm American, but we're living out here. So we, we don't have, you know, we don't have British citizenship for them. But yeah, it's yeah, we're going to be moving back home next year. That's that's the plan. Oh, yeah. yeah, I've been here for 14 years now, 15 wow. years wow. Wow. by the time we move. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I originally moved out here in 2008 for teaching. I was I was a teacher for many years. And I couldn't get a teaching job after I, so I'm, I'm a bit younger. So talking about the amphitheater and all these things, this was all way before my time, unfortunately, like I was when, and so when the United center opened was when summer slam 94. 94. Yeah. That was the first United center event. If I'm not mistaken. And that was Brett and Owen in the cage. And you had. Um, taker and taker. Taker, taker, take of course. Yeah. And I was begging my mom to take me. I was. Twelve? No, I was eleven. You know, so that's showing my age. And so, yeah, that's where my journey was really kind of beginning. It was around then, obviously in the eighties with Hulk Hogan. But um, yeah, just to kind of let you know, by the way, the, the gas price, as you mentioned, I think when you convert it to the dollar, it's about seven dollars and fifty cents per oh, per gallon.
0: Oh, let me before I forget too. Loose was so i'd been to because i was friends with paul bosch and he had his own museum in his wrestling office as did sam munchnick another guy i was close to i have all these photos in his office documenting everything he had uh starting around 74. but bob Luce in chicago had a huge museum of stuff from the days of wrestling as you like it those 50s magazines framed covers all of that but every couple of months he would do an induction into I don't know what kind of Hall of Fame. He called the Chicago Hall of Fame. And one of the more infamous times, and I always tried to make those and take pictures of them. And then some of them were in Jimmy Valiant's autobiography of the Valiant Brothers inducting Ox Baker into the Chicago Bob Luce Hall of Fame. And all three had, uh, they were slightly inebriated, shall we say. And it was the damnedest thing you ever saw at that time. Uh, because Cheers. i always had Jimmy and john to sing because they allegedly cut a record that was never released with captain lou albano their first try wf run for vince senior so i got him to sing while they were drunk at this thing with ox baker and heenan was there and everybody it was just a very cool party and bob loose was a cool dude and he would let uh the one area where we have frame photos and stuff that was separate from his office museum he would let fans you know they could pay a quarter and go in and you know, and look at what he called the freak show. And Bob Luce wow. was a wonderful, only in wrestling character, like Ripper uh, Baron, you know Baron Leone and Ripper Antone uh, Leone, and so many other characters that you would never get today, or even a Fred Blassie, the way he talked, Champine and all of the stuff. If you've watched fifties and early sixties Blassie, you know what a character he was before mm. the later tamed down version we saw. So, but in England. And I shot there in 73, 74 and stayed with Jackie Paulo Sr. and Jr. There is so much history. Have you delved into some of the history in, uh, in the UK from one of the greatest heels of all time, Mick McManus, that few in the U.S. know about, Lord Patrick Roach? I'm not just talking haystacks, giant haystacks, but I'm talking about the guys before. So much history in the UK. And pro wrestling was really born Depending on who you talk to, the real experts in 1880s France, you know, at shows and carny shows, that's yeah. the earliest we can trace pro wrestling to next door or nearby France.
2: Yeah, I mean, we have stories about you know, the early days of wrestling on the website, the, the at shows and the carnival days. Very interesting stories. Javier Oyst is one of our what a winners. great writer.
0: I've been talking about yeah. him the last two weeks on our shows. One of the best, new, young, promising writers. He's incredible.
2: Yeah, he covers just a whole array of content on our website. Let well, him know he no I say hi.
0: Apparently, doesn't have an email. I wanted to say, hey, dude, I've been putting you over. He is. I'll make great. sure
2: he knows. I'll, I'll send He's him a good. link and I'll tell him absolutely. But yeah, you, you've been talking about uh Bob Luce. My aunt was. Uh, she worked in radio in Chicago back in the late '60s, early '70s, and she would always ask. She was. She's like, you work in wrestling. What do you know about Bob Luce? And I was like, not a whole lot, you know, but she always loved him as well because he would promote the shows, go into the radio stations and such. So, yeah, I'll, I'll be bringing this up to her as well to hear what kind of story she has. And there needs to be a story on him on the site because he's he's just- I'll write it, I'll him. write it
0: because- it. You'd go to the tapings and he'd have Perfect. like uh, Pepper Gomez and Bobby Heenan who were best friends, but they'd cut this hellacious, I hate you stuff. And if you've not watched how he would introduce- segments. Bob Luce was just one wonderful nutty. You know, he'd say, it's gonna be bloody, it's gonna be crazy. Fans, don't forget to get your tickets and he, you know, where would you see a promoter like that who loved the business? I would compare him to Tony Khan, who's normal today, who loves his fans, loves the boys, loves everything about the business it shows as compared to you know others who were just about money. And uh, Tony Khan is, like, loose minus the craziness, you know, because Tony is <laughs> totally sane, a business guy, very intelligent.
1: Well, I'm curious to know, Dr. Mike mentioned about the history of the business over in the U.K. into the 1800s and stuff. Well, before that, weren't you the one drawing the pictures of Abe Lincoln uh, wrestling the and the Bear? Yeah, did you see that? Uh, there's, we have an article of Abe
2: Lincoln giving the chokeslam. Exactly. Well, fegged. I figured
1: because there wasn't cameras yeah. at the time, Mike was drawing yeah. it out and that's a sketch kind of deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that wasn't our photo. We
2: had found that. Um it, we sourced back to it in the article. But the uh the story is that he used to wrestle and he was using elements of pro wrestling back in his in his youth as well. Yeah, so there's so many fascinating things. But then he was mostly wrestling.
0: amateur, but he did some goofy yeah.
2: stuff. I guess so. Yeah, I'd have to go back and reread the article. We've we've got at the minute about 600 plus, just a bit over 600 articles. So it's, you know, you can almost look at our website as like just chapters in the pro wrestling history book. You know, you could dip into so many things. And, you know, if you watch wrestling, if you only started watching wrestling in the 90s, there's going to be just a boatload of topics there for you to cover or just to look at of your favorite wrestlers. You want to go farther back. We've got all, you know, all of our writers come from all walks of life. You know, we've got, uh, so we got Benny Scala, who is watching back in the 60s. We got Evan as well, who's been involved with wrestling. We've got you, Mike. And just, you know, then we got uh, someone like Jim Phillips, who's covering the territories on our website. And the, for for the fans who only know WWE and, you know, AEW and the mainstream stuff now, what what an opportunity for these, you know, these fans to go backwards. Because the the territories, I love it. Even Even a bad show, there's just a feel you get. You know, that just seems to be lost in wrestling. And so what, you know, through this website, not only do we, so we got over 50 writers, but they're all friends of mine. And, you know, we'll, we'll be talking throughout the week. And, you know, something that Jim and I do is uh, we, we said, we suggest uh, matches that we need to watch. And the next time we do a video, we're going to watch it. And so we'll just sit there and, you know, if it's late in the day, I'll pour a glass of wine and we'll just sit back and learn about the territories. And a lot of times that will then feed into future articles that he does just from our discussions and the things that were interesting us. So, yeah, I mean, with, with pro wrestling stories, it's, you know, the people behind it, just real passionate individuals who love the sport and there's no egos, you know, we're all doing it because we love the sport and, you know, we're all just, just trying to put these stories out there for the fans to learn things that maybe they never knew. Or, you know, in wrestling, it's kind of like Chinese whispers, rumors go around and, you know, people can amplify, you know, things as facts, but really they're just exaggerated, exaggerated truths. So you can come to a website like ours to, to learn the facts and what really was happening. And, you know, it's just, you know, for me as, as a former teacher, I've, I'm, I'm teaching, but with a different audience, I'm no longer working with kids, but, you know, just, the stories are just as interesting as anything else in any type of history. Cause you know, in wrestling just the road stories and it, things that were happening when the cameras weren't on are just as fascinating. What was happening on TV, if not more fascinating. And, and Mike, you can attest to that you were there.
0: You, uh, I was it. a territory guy. I was just on a, as I said, a, another show, a live radio show in Texas at a Fort Worth, Dallas about an hour or so ago. And, uh, they wanted me on to just talk about hebner and uh and timmy white and yeah. uh, and tim's bar etc and i i said that was my goal from about 72 on i wanted to hit every single territory and first time shooting ringside at crock uh 74 during the uh, the period when briscoe came to drop the title it was a monetary pr deal to giant baba and get it back within eight days december of 74. Uh, that was 73, first time shooting in Mexico, etc. cetera, Canada, about that same period, 73 for the Vachon Grand Prix versus Rougeau's La Lute International at Jerry Park, an outdoor show capped by, listen to this card, I'll be real brief, Killer Kowalski against uh, Mad Dog Bashan heel heel for the Grand Prix World Championship. Bruno Sammartino and Carpanier taking the Grand Prix World Tag Titles from the original Hollywood Blondes managed by Sir Oliver Humperdinck. Uh, Don Leo Jonathan against the fireball throwing sheik at Farhad, whose 60s fan club I ran, and so on and so forth. The LeDuc brothers were on it, all of this stuff. And um, I, so the only territory I didn't get to visit was Calgary, Stu Hearts, but I made up for that when the Hearts meaning Bruce and Ross hired me to be their event photographer in 95, December 15th, 95, Stu's 80th legit birthday, private family party with all kinds of wrestlers playing in from around the globe. But for the public, they had a show at his most famous largest venue, you know, tons of guys, the premier of uh, the PM of Canada gave him a bust. They had a special secret bust of Stu's head. And it was everybody in the world there guys. I, I actually, hadn't seen in decades, like Tor Kamada. These are territory legends. But I was, so anyway, I was saying on the show today that that is what truly bugs me today, primarily about WWE, in that back in the territory days, everything was unique. The fans, even the timekeeper, I can tell you the timekeeper in the territories, but the referees, the ring announcer announced, your referee, Johnny Redshoes Shoes Dugan, who new japan's kid referee red shoes was such a total mark because our my primary home base territory los angeles johnny red shoes dugan our top ref uh, uh he ex-worker started reffing like late 60s on until about 82 83 when vince and Vern would use him on tv but inoki would bring him over in the 70s for the big matches johnny red shoes dugan so if you're watching new japan and you see uh, simply the guy called red shoes who has the son that was involved in that angle recently, or at the pay-per-view Forbidden Door, that's where that came from. So every territory had unique refs, and then the TV announcers would mention them by name, you know, Scrappy McGowan for Georgia Championship and so on. Two of the biggest refs globally, Dick Worley and Dick Kroll, they also got a couple of gigs in Japan, and we had two refs uh, that Baba brought into all Japan uh, in Los Angeles, uh, Hank Matheny and and one other guy, his name escapes me now, uh, Jerry Murdoch, uh, so those guys would come in and be on all Japan TV while Johnny Redchoose Dubin is in 70s the same time uh, on, on New Japan for Inoki. Just And we don't have that. They don't even mention or acknowledge the rest. And so uh, immediately when I, I didn't see Dave Hebner get an on screen, you know, just a quick tribute the way Timmy White got before Raw. And before NXT, I immediately called up and chewed out some guys there. You know, they go, "Well, you know, just the heat." And when we had to release him in 2005, blah blah blah. So they gave him a bare mention on their website, but not on TV. Uh, And Hebner, you know, for 80s and 90s was a huge deal for them. But I mean, Timmy White, beloved. So I understand that. But I don't know. Does it bother you guys that the referees aren't even acknowledged on WWE TV? Look at AEW. You know, Aubrey Edwards. You know, globally, Rick Knox, I mean, I've known those guys forever because AEW is really an outgrowth from Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, the the Young Bucks promotion. I mean, Rick Knox came from there. Aubrey was on the last two years of shows I would shoot at Pro Wrestling Guerrilla every couple of months. And, uh, And then the famous ref from Ring of Honor. You know them by name. You love them. And Impact acknowledges the refs like Brian Hefner, just WWE, just, you know. They just call them officials. They can't even use the word referee. The same as you cannot call them pay-per-views anymore. You cannot call it a hospital. It's a medical facility. Fidelity.
2: You yeah, know that, facility. that could be
0: like a, a scumbag bullshit uh, medical thing. That's not even a hospital. You know, like a fly-by-night ambulance chasing thing. Why are all of these words and things not allowed? You know, you can't. You're not really supposed to use wrestling, except you're stuck with you know every. Spring, having to call it Wrestlemania. Otherwise, the rest of you, you can't say the word wrestling. It's just, it, 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 so that's why I love the territories. I'm a dyed-in-the-wool territory guy. Every single territory, whether it was Honolulu, Ed Francis, to the ones in Canada that were so wonderful, to several promotions in England. And then you had the Territory Wars. I mentioned Montreal. You had the one bruiser versus chic in Detroit. Annie Gunkel taking on the whole NWA and Cowboy Bill Watts yeah. in Atlanta that's the territories and they were incredible they were fantastic and i was blessed uh to shoot everywhere including australia too
1: a
2: lot of people i hear back home anyway in america they do things like they're baseball fans they want to they make it their goal to go to every baseball stadium it's just one of those things you made it your goal to see all the wrestling territories in the 70s and what a time to be alive what a time to be young what a time to be able to do that that's incredible that you had that experience to go from and not only go as a fan, but be involved from. It was right scary in.
0: because I hit you hike from Jersey. I, I was another Chicago guy. I think I better write about succinctly for pro wrestling stories. Eddie Einhorn who co-owned the Chicago white Sox, owning the IWA in 75. It took on the entire Munchnick NWA and then specifically Vince McMahon senior and, and, and again, this guy came back 10 years later fronting, he was the money mark for Pro Wrestling USA, combining the NWA and AWA, trying to take on Vince Senior, or excuse me, Vince Junior going national. But I leave from Jersey after the second IWA Roosevelt Stadium show, Moscow defending that world title against Ernie Ladd, and then hitchhiked. And I had to make Dallas, Oklahoma, St. Louis. Uh, and that's when I got to, um, st louis and then Mula with vicky williams and a a lady wrestler lived near me sandy parker near you know in me when i was living in la gave me a lift to some other territories but it was dangerous too you know it's kind of scary uh in the mid-70s hitchhiking across the u.s you know because sometimes the magazines you were lucky to get you know food money and and get paid period god damn pal for five dollars a picture whether it was on the cover or inside the magazine five and luckily now with one entity it's been raised to 15 in 2022
2: that, that's what you make 15 per photo in a magazine
0: yeah i make up for it like i don't think i told you but i've been going crazy pulling all-nighters that's why some of my stories i didn't self-edit so i apologize don't I've worry been for a and e And they're doing 46 total documentaries. You know, they're doing like eight to 10 at a time. And then a couple of weeks go by to refresh and then more. But WWE's is their rationale. They told me they're only allowing one production company to do at most one to two. So I have to deal with 26, 27 entities now. And it's like inventing the wheel or reinventing the wheel with each of these. So I've been pulling so many all-nighters on documentaries for Jake. Ray Jr., which airs in this current clot, Taker, uh, Jesse Ventura's upcoming, Dusty Roads. I have a zillion shots in that one. And then I still work for all the magazines. We have a two in England. Listen to this one. I haven't even told Jonathan. The one that just started, they're not really related to Fightful, the website and John Ross, whatever his name is, SAP. The great journalist, um, but Fightful Magazine that produces in Ontario—they did seven issues, like every two to three months—and they're taking a hiatus. So I don't know if that means they're mm-hmm. done. And then we still have Boxy Lucha in Mexico, Shukan Pro Baseball in Japan, and Pro Wrestling Illustrated in the U.S. That's like it. The one I was doing with Bill Lupter in Italy folded. Um, so.
2: But you're, you're a busy man, and you've captured decades of content and you were it, we were emailing not long ago about how you just have a storage unit of stuff that needs to just be
0: sifted through and that to the me three like three separate ones in la and one 440 oh. miles north where we used to live in northern california that had a lot of my ray jr and santo senior stuff that i needed to get but i just with covid i just don't feel like driving up there to get that stuff and i couldn't get it in time to the a and e folks that particular production unit.
2: And every time you're doing a different episode, there's a different producer involved and you got different people. And I've worked with um, Reels on the, right. it, the the autopsy show to help them out with a few of the episodes. And I was on air for the Randy one, which was unique. <laughs> it was scary. I've never put my face on TV before. But um, yeah, when you do these episodes, you've got different people you're dealing with. So you're almost like you got a different contact for everything. So I can, I can feel it. But it's fun, too. I mean, everything you've captured, it's all about, I guess, being able to find
0: where it is. Oh, the one thing that's very cool I'm glad I took and Pat Patterson only allowed me and I worked with him in the Shire office So I only said so just one no flash I took of Hebner Dave Hebner handing out the cuts the draws with a whole line of wrestlers in front at the table backstage so they're all there to get you know some portion of their money based on their salary to pay for expenses and no one had ever captured some of that backstage stuff Napolitano, they're too gentle and they don't push, the, you know, they're just more polite and they do it, you know, nonstop. And somehow I just got mega balls like the uh, uh, Shotzi Blackheart balls she described on that Twitter account that she took off in the last good day. If her. you heard about good that. Good for her. Good for her. Yeah, good for her. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, that took some balls because Undertaker, Mick Foley, Triple H, China, X Pac. Billy Gunn, they're all in line. Jesse James Armstrong, they're all in line to get their money. And I snapped this shot. And then Pat going over matches with Sable and Jazz and uh, Mark Henry and Dwayne Johnson, you know, still with the goofy hair and the big sideburns. Uh, So I'm glad I got that WWE stuff because they won't let you do that stuff now. Although I kind of did get away with it at the 2015 Hall of Fame with Medusa posing her with everybody. Including Fumi Saido, who's my—he's not there anymore. The Weekly Pro head editor at the time, who he really helped her out. Debbie Michelli. I'll shut up now. Shut up. Let <laughs> you do your thing because you're our guest.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm enjoying the stories though because yeah, you've, exactly. expe- you've physically experienced, whereas I've researched and written about. You know, so it's it's I like to hear the stories from those who are on the ground. It's it's, it's fascinating.
1: Well, I was going to ask before I ask my next question, because JP mentioned something interesting there and I can spout it off two different ways, but what is the drink of choice do you have? Oh, at the minute. Yeah.
2: I'm just drinking red wine. Uh, it's okay. the only one we have left in the house.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cause as soon as I sold out, I went and grabbed the beer, which, oh, nice. Yeah. I Real went and hard. grabbed the beer and this is two for two in the past several days that Dr. Mike has seen me drinking, because... Michelob Ultra. Yeah. Cause, and I'll
2: let the audience know. Are we doing video, or is it all audio? Audio, so if you want to yeah, go
0: Michelob ahead and... Michelob
1: Ultra, you got there. Okay, so, you know, a couple of <laughs> us... <laughs> I haven't had that in a while.
0: Yeah. We did a... Uh, Jonathan has his great uh, watch-alongs for pay per view, so we had a lot of fun. So
1: uh, a couple of us were just watching it, and he saw me, as soon as Mike came in, sees me drinking Irish whiskey, so... I wanted to bring this up because the joke will be when I get out to California at the end of July that if I catch up with Mike in person, he's going to drive me right to Freddie Ford.
0: Freddie Ford.
1: Yeah, he's going to well, be driving the, me off the, the rehab center. The, the, a, yeah, the rehab. Oh, oh.
2: What what is your what is your Irish whiskey of choice? Tullamore Dew. Okay, I like Connemara. A bit of okay. peace, smoke. I like scotch, though. I mean, scotch you can get just like you can get a bourbon back home. Uh, But bourbons back home are pretty pricey, I've noticed. When I was back home in November, I took back a Colonel Taylor, and that set me back 90, something like this. Some
1: of them, it's like – that's why I I should say I'm amazed at some people, since we're talking booze and stuff, that (laughs) folks will buy bottles, like your higher-label stuff. And not open it. It's hmm. just a collector's item. I'm screw not that you, type. Screw you! I'm drinking it. That, <laughs> that's like buying a kind of
0: wrestling book for a collection, but never cracking it open to read it.
1: Well, that's why I was. Wow. Another can't do that exactly. That's why I was. Uh, full disclosure: I asked. We were talking about tonight with JP and something tomorrow uh, via email, and I mentioned a Mike that I'm looking for the Brett. And you mentioned it, the Bret Hart book. Yeah. Because when I try to find it, you never know what kind of condition it truly is on eBay. Mm. But people are charging anywhere from seventy-five to two hundred fifty bucks
0: for the heart you know There wow. are closing lots of Barnes and Nobles in California. I hope that's not foretending anything upcoming. But uh, I've seen at, at one in Newport Beach. They had like some really old books, like Flair's book and stuff in there. So if I do come across it, I mean I know I'll get it at a discount, the Bret Hart book for you. Yeah, because I like
1: as you can tell, I like hardcover books. I got a bunch back here, I got more over here. I just had some show up this morning for me and Dr. Mike and stuff. And JP's joining us again. He 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 had to do a run-in. I guess make sure to.
0: I think he had to refresh. Oh, there's the Brett.
2: Yeah, I had to grab the Brett book. I'm sorry, I just left as you were telling. I was listening. Um, I had this I, When I bought it, what surprised me, and I didn't know this was going to happen, but it had the autograph.
1: Nice. And that is him and yep. the little collector thing here. I'll point this out. The four dots there at the end of his autograph. JP, a little trivia here for you. Do you know what that stands for? Four championships? No, No. no. He puts the four but- dots after each autograph because i happened to ask him when i ran into him and saw him sign it he goes the four dots represent each of my kids
0: oh, i love that can you show that again sure i so I, 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 I mine's I, in storage i told the jonathan if i were to find it it's also i had him autograph it uh while driving him to his aunt's place in oakland yeah there you go no
1: no no trivia collectible knowledge i I did not remember
0: he he told me that he had to cut like 240 pages it was way long and it would have been even longer and he said he was going to try to release with another publisher those cut 240 pages yeah he was
2: going to do the unedited or the extended version which i would have did anything happen with it i don't think he ever did nothing that i've heard of i would i mean speaking of like just autobiographies you know being that i've I run pro wrestling stories. I've read a lot of them, and the one that I want to get my hands on, and I'm surprised Brad Hart's book's going for seventy five. I mean, I I bought it when it and was, and that's just a minimum.
1: And I'm looking for the yeah, yeah the pink the pink deal the. Originally. I think he had
2: been in the UK,
1: signed, like he had done
2: this deal with this website where he signed a certain amount of books and only some people would get the autograph. Some people wouldn't. That was yeah. like, that was the chance. And I didn't even realize he was doing this. And I was like, oh my gosh, it still smells of pen. You could smell that ink. I was like, wow, that's great. Yeah. But um, Gary Hart's book's the one I want to get. Yeah, that's that's, yeah, that's the one. one that's... Well,
0: I have a PDF of it.
2: I do too. I mean, we, that's the only way you can read it. Uh-uh. Unless, yeah, I mean, that's not the only way. You, unless you spend a lot of money.
1: Yeah, but the other thing I wanted to bring up, and you mentioned doing the autopsy show on Reels, yeah, yeah. and the one I saw, you were on screen for Macho Man's, right? Correct. I remember. And so, like I said, it's twofold there, and that's a probably the most accurate episode as far as when you talk about Machos passing and such, and I remember that date specifically for a few reasons one it's my sister's birthday and then there's another reason I don't want to disclose publicly personally that and let's just say for health reasons I ended up in the hospital and as soon as I get into my room of course what's on the news you know CNN and you know Fox all of them are like macho man I'm like holy shit like you know it was like oh yeah so that date has always burned into my brain but the second part of that I wanted to bring up is you hosted or co-hosted with Lonnie Papo the genius cast for yeah. what was it like 26 27 episodes 20 episodes okay 20 even 20 even yeah we
2: um I met him through Evan Ginsberg. and that was I so I, I was out there in July of 2018 to New York and did 350 day, 350 days yeah. documentary just come out. And they were doing the the big event of the the screening. And I was on my last days of teaching. I was just about to leave teaching and fully focus on pro wrestling stories. Like I was like, I see something here. I feel like I can grow this thing. And I talked to my, my head teacher. They're called head teachers. here, are principals at my school. And I said, I'm going to, I got this opportunity to go to New York. And school doesn't end till the third week of July out here in the UK. So it was still school term, but she's like, you know, this is like, you only live once. She said that to me. She's like, go to New York, go to that screening. I don't care if you take off a few days. So I went out there and I I'm met Lanny Poffo. You know, we went to a cafe with Evan, walked around, you know, the city nearby where, where Evan lives. Greg Valentine just sitting on Evan's couch. You know, he's sitting there in his boxers, you know, <laughs> just having a chat, drinking, uh, you know, Evan's wife's bringing us tea and stuff. And I'm just like hanging out with these legends. You know what I mean? And, you know, through that experience, just getting to know Lanny, we hit it off as friends, you know, just personality wise. Great dude. Yeah. He's just a really, really great guy. And we were just talking every couple months, just, we'd get on the phone just to chat, just to, you know, whatever. And one day I was just like, you know, every time I talk to you, I'm just thinking, I wish I was recording this because you're sharing such good information. And I mean, it's he's the genius his voice he should be narrating audiobooks Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like his voice is made for podcasts and he had said he had an experience somebody asking him to do it in the past and he didn't know blah 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 and he's like but with you let's do it because i like you you know that is basically he's he's like so long as i don't He's a gut feeling
1: kind of guy Yeah. yeah
2: but he was also like so long as i don't have to do any of like the like the back end stuff of like editing and you know he'll he'll help with the socials and stuff, but you know, recording that's in I was like, I'll make that happen. You know, because it's a learning curve when you're doing a podcast to mm-hmm. learn the actual editing side of things. And you know, you you know how it is. I'm preaching to the choir with you guys. Yep. But um, you know, so when I said that, we just started doing it. And you know, we got to about 18, 19 weeks. My life was about to get very busy and he was about to do some travels and, you know, we just got up to the mean gene episode and we just decided that was the 19th episode that we were going to just stop. Like we've done 20 really good episodes and maybe we pick it up later. If not, you know, so be it, you know, I kind of look at it as, you know, those 20 episodes are there there. You can always dip into them. You don't have, you didn't have to be listening to it when the show's run was happening because they're forever. The stories there are, you know, just like the articles on our site, you know, you can always dip in and listen. And we talk, we cover a lot more than just wrestling. We cover his brother, of course, um we would cover you know their life growing up but also the arts you know what the other things that you know of interest to you know to Lanny's life and my life music you know so there's a lot there for everybody and and of course just fantastic interviews that we had with you know we had Sean Waltman and we had uh Jeff Jarrett who was incredible we had to split that up over two days um he had to go. I think he was just being hired from WWE at the time. And then he said, call me back tomorrow. We'll finish this. And I just kind of spliced it together where the, the audience wouldn't know it was two days. But, you know, just, just the people that I met, you know, Brian Blair, um, Hacksaw, Jim Duggan. And th- these are people who I was watching when I was little. And, and I've, I've really got nothing but respect for. And through Lanny, just brought in these experiences. And, of course, um, through being on the show, Reels, uh, ITV, which is the, the channel, TV channel I hear in the U.K., it's like the top three, like ABC, NBC back home, and they just reached out. You know, we we've heard you on the on the podcast. You know, you'd be great for this upcoming episode we're doing on Randy Savage, and so then I was behind the scenes helping them out with the research of it, and because and you had said that just that that episode and as well as just the content of it, it reaches close to you. I think a lot of people with the Macho Man, he his story hits close to home because he was he was a favorite. He he was above like many of our favorite stars just because of the way it's just his just his person just his personality and he just drew you in and you, you you get goosebumps thinking about many of the moments he provided and but also because i'm i'm close with lanny i was able any question i knew they were going to ask me on the show i had him to bounce off before we aired so i went i made sure i went in there and like You know, Lanny's like he was he helped me out. So that that was a really fantastic process. Like that whole thing was in the way it turned out too. they came in right in the middle of the pandemic and filmed me in my house, you know, and, you know, kept all the windows open in the middle of the winter. And but, you know, it turned out great. And I'm very proud of that. I don't know if I want to do more. I mean, it's just it's just I think it's nerve wracking when you're on air as opposed
1: to being in the background, putting out the stories. And the other thing with that, too, is you never know what they are putting out when you're not running yeah. with the ball fully
2: yeah it's an but, hour episode but they filmed four or five hours well that the other was that thing the is- last
0: was that the last one because I was not real happy with the China one because it was a lot of sensationalistic stuff the doctor mm-hmm. you know his segments kind of bug me uh, because he really knows nothing about the biz The Savage one was the best one, but what else have they done? It was the Savage one, the last one to date. They've they've got a
2: few in the works. Um, I don't know how much I can say, but there was, I think Andre, Owen, Eddie. Those are the ones that I've talked with them with that are, they're coming up. I've had, uh, I got them in touch with Evan Ginsburg. So Evan's going to be on a couple or one or two episodes. I think Roddy and Roddy Piper and something else. Um, But yeah, those are, those are coming out soon. Maybe but the ex- reason
1: I was saying yeah. about the Randy in particular with Reels yeah. is obviously, and we've talked about this, that ANE did a documentary as well on Randy. Not not, not and there's yeah, and there's questions with some of the stuff in the A&E documentary on the second half of that. So yeah. out of the two, yeah. Reels did the
0: better. But J.P. Icons. was blessed because he could go to Lanny and get the straight yeah. stuff and be completely accurate.
2: Yeah, I mean, but of course, you know, you do have to think, but he is his brother. So I'm going to get I'm going to get the viewpoint of his brother. I'm not going to say a bad word about my brother. You know, my brother also passed away um, a while back. And so but, but but you get that side of it, too. But I don't feel it was in good taste for a- A&E to put something out there like that, to go in that angle when we're supposed to, These are icons. The, the, the show's called Icons, right? A Biography? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it should be a celebration. Um, I, And I try to have it that way, even with the stories on our site. Yes, there's so many things that's it's hard to kind of put a positive light on. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm not happening. trying to yeah. sit here.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I'm not sitting here trying to pat myself on the back. But yeah. Mike knows me well enough. And mm-hmm. some of those stories in the A&E documentary on Randy, and we'll move on. It's like... Yep. I think I'm pretty well right in the culture of the business past and present, but it's like, I don't remember hearing some of those stories no. until that document. So I don't know how true some of it was, but you want, if you want to know
2: Lanny's thoughts, Lanny, Lanny Poffel wrote an article on pro wrestling stories on the, a, it was his response to the a and e episode. Yeah. So if you just, just go on and just
0: search a and E in a and Chicago,
1: I'm going to take his word
0: but that's here and
1: there Dr Mike you got something uh, you want to bring up as well
0: well I was emailing Lanny when the thing was live the A&E Randy Savage one and then I even emailed him how much I hated a lot of I was no fan of Ultimate Warrior Hellwig but even that went into the sensationalistic area and that was the same production unit that did the two of those so take that for uh whatever I I just wanted to say too we didn't mention that Pro Wrestling Stories has uh at, it, besides the 50 plus writers 20 million over 20 million readers a year yeah it's huge social media presence one hundred and fifteen thousand followers on facebook and more totally diverse content and um it just yeah it is pretty mind-blowing and it's it's very cool uh so are you not teaching pro wrestling's your life now
2: yeah 2018 i stepped away and oh. just been focusing on this and being a family man, like when I, so when I left teaching, I was up at whatever time was like 615 was so 645 is when my phone had had to be on because I was handling the absences in the school. So the teachers, you know, whenever they would, if I had to get a a substitute teacher, I had to deal with all that before I'm like shaving and showering and dealing with like the, you know, substitute teachers and trying to get people in. And, but then of course you're doing all the I had to teach half the day, six, I was 60% in the classroom, 40% leadership. And then I'm doing meetings and marking books and lesson planning. I didn't get home till six or seven. And it was, I I was never, and then I had my daughter was like three years old at this time. And my glimpses of her was waving to me at the window as I was leaving in the morning. And she was almost like an hour left of her being awake when I got home. And I was like, I got to do something, even if it's going to cut into my income, like I need to be a family man. And, you know, things are more important. And, And with the pro wrestling stories, it offered an opportunity for me to take a step back. And, and it was a gamble that worked out because when I had left teaching, we were averaging about 350,000 readers at the time per month. And I would say about a year and a half after I left teaching, we really got into the, the swing of things with Facebook. We, we hit 20,000 followers in April of 2020. And after that readership just skyrocketed because even if you didn't follow pro wrestling stories on Facebook, if you would have been searching about wrestling, the algorithm would suggest our posts to your feed. Like this is something suggested content and it was organic and it wasn't paid. Like there was no, you know, it was just happening. I was looking at my Google analytics, which tells you how many readers are on your site. I was like, what's going on here? I went from an average of 10 to 12,000 readers a day to 60 to one day I had 120,000 readers. And it was like, that's more than a small suburb. Like that's crazy you know, and I just, and ever since it's been going like that ever since. And Facebook's been really, it's been a huge boost there, but I'm always looking, you know, so I'm always trying to find ways to continue to grow the audience. So uh, Google web stories is one of the new things. And it's, I don't know if you've heard of Google web stories. It's, mm. you know, if, if you're on your phone and you swipe over and you see those Google suggested articles, they'll show up there. And, you know, so I'm always trying to find ways to just get more eyes on the history and such. But yeah, I mean, going from that to now, Some months, 2.2 million, other months could be like, you know, it could be a low month at 600,000, but there's that. It's a, it's a, it's a lot more than I ever envisioned. I mean, I always only started writing these stories on a Saturday morning, just to, you know, just to, just to start my weekend off in a nice way, you know, and it was just a therapeutic thing for me. And then it, I wasn't even a diehard diehard fan until I really started the site. I, I had moments in my life where I was watching regularly and I couldn't get enough of it. And then I dipped out like my college teen years. That was like probably like 2000, 2001, I pulled away. And then I came back in, in 2013, when Daniel Bryan was having his his big run. And I had watched SummerSlam 2013. And I was like, whoa, Daniel Bryan just got the championship. I was like, this is great. And all of a sudden he lost it. All right, I'm in now. I have to watch every week. And that's when I started reading Brett's book. And you know, then it just started this whole journey of me wanting to learn more I'm a history buff I love learning about history I love interesting stories pro wrestling I don't think you could find anything in this world that offers more interesting stories than what happens in wrestling especially off camera
1: well it's I'm curious just, to know yeah. Oh, sorry go ahead no go ahead please uh, well I'm curious to know JP and I'm not the IRS in the states here or whatever yeah. the tech structure is in London but I'm curious to know how is the structure of setting up, you know, to monetize a website? And I'm curious to know, because Mike candidate getting paid per photo and whatnot, tongue in cheek yeah. there. It's interesting to first. know that
2: info though. Yeah. Cause I, it's yeah. all these be- things I don't know. Because obviously yeah. you yeah. had
1: this career of teaching and you have your teaching license and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So how is that set up to be able to go? Okay. I could take care of my daughter and my wife, now two kids. And you know what I mean? To know, okay, I'm going to have something coming in income wise.
2: Good question. When I went into the website, I was just learning as I went. Like I I had originally thought, okay, how do websites put ads on there? Because that's how you get paid is through the ads, Um, you know, between the paragraphs and ad insert. So when I started in 2015, it was originally with Google, it was a Google AdSense. And you know, I think one month I made enough to take my wife out, you know, a nice dinner, you know, and and I would buy myself or we'd buy us a nice bottle of wine. And it was just like, if I can make $50, $60 a month with these stories, that's more than I ever envisioned doing what I'm doing because they would almost do it for free. But then as as you get more readers, there's other ad companies out there. So I'm with Ad Thrive. Ad Thrive is one of the, I, w- I would say, the greatest ad company for for a blogger but you you need to have a hundred thousand page views to be with them so they're very selective of uh you know who they accept in but once you get there i mean google adsense is paying was paying pennies and then once i went there it was just like okay now i'm making a couple hundred a month with this okay this is crazy and then it's just trying to go from there and so you know if it doesn't matter what you write about if you if you put on a website and people are interested you know then the next step is finding that right you know, the right ads to be on there. And, you know, if you get enough readers it could get to a point where you step away from your day-to-day job and and focus and grow that. And that's been what we've done there. And, you know, I'm always looking for ways to grow, grow revenue streams, like uh, affiliates. So we've recently connected with homage.com. They've got those retro sport tees and wrestling tees and uh, just nostalgic, you know, pop culture, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I saw they had shirts on that and stuff. They got everything. So we've just connected with them. We got a promo code PWS, anything on their website. You know, I'll get a little kickback from that. And, you know, it's just trying to find little ways to do it. But I try not to be in the face of the readers. I don't want to have a Patreon where I'm asking for the readers to put in a certain amount of money each month to get, because I don't want to bother people. I don't want money from our readers. I want them to come for the for, for, for the story and the histories. But But the... Positive is I'm getting paid because those ads are showing up in between. So, you know, there's like this, I'm trying to find this balance of, you know, you go to some websites and, you know, sometimes the ads will take over. And I've, you know, some, I try to make it where at least on my site that the content, the ads are not overtaking, but it's really, you know what I mean? It's It's just a balance. Yeah. And so those are all things that you learn as you're getting into blogging, you know, everything's just been a learning curve for me.
1: Yeah. I'm in that same boat. It's like, there's stuff. Want to do and product, but there's production costs, so it's yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Different I mean, things. And, and, and you the would website, say today, yeah. New York Times,
0: yeah. they give you a couple paragraphs, and they say, "Well, you can pay to read the rest of." Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Well, since we're going for cheap plugs, and I'm waiting for the restructure to happen, but they are still available. We have our dugout mugs.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And Mike, mm-hmm. I got to get you one,
0: but uh, yeah, hold it up on air.
1: It's yeah, it's dugoutmugs.com/ctr. Yeah, there. This is doing the old stone cold in the uh, bedpan. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah. So there's my cheap plug for the episode. Uh, Mike, do you have something else you want to bring up?
0: I wanted to ask uh, what he what what things he was teaching because George Napolitano, his real job was like an elementary school math teacher. So what were you teaching, JP?
2: Elementary school. Yeah, I was, I, I was teaching all of it, all the whole subjects, all of it. I was teaching, uh, well, out here I was teaching year four, year five, year six, year seven, which is the equivalent of fourth grade to six, uh, no, third grade to sixth grade in America. And But they typically would put me up in the highest year group, which is what they do in elementary schools. And they would put me with the toughest class each year. And, you know, I, I love those kids. I love the kids that were difficult, you know, because you you just have to be patient. That's the only rule with, I think, anybody. You can have a difficult person, but so long as you listen to what they have to say and you're kind and, you know, you you know what I mean? Like you can turn any class around. Sure. I mean, and, once you
0: find out if you know yeah. something about pro wrestling, you're going to be yeah. in with X amount of them. Have you attended any shows, indie shows in the UK?
2: Because progress, a- yeah, pr- oh, yeah. Progress. Oh, wow,
0: really? back in,
2: so this was before NXT uh, WWE UK NXT. um We would go to the shows over at uh, the was it the the Electric Ballroom in Camden? Camden's brilliant in London. Have you been to Camden before?
0: Oh, it's no, not when I was there, but that was the early 70s. I've already okay. been to Camden, New Jersey, but that's a whole
1: nother <laughs> it's
2: a different, but yeah, they got a venue there, don't they? Uh,
1: think so. They Back do. in the day, Buddy Rogers, it, but it's not a okay. place I would hold shows nowadays. Okay.
2: Yeah. So we I would go there, it would just out there. The the bar would be literally two feet behind me upstairs. And you know, you'd be just upstairs in the ring was they had this view like this little window where you just put your arm right here. Got my little beer right here. And I'm looking down and I'm watching Will Ospreay, Noam Dar, you know, just the very best of those who've come through WWE and NXT. And then after the shows, we'd be going to the world's end pub, which is across the street. Adam Cole. uh, Gosh, how many people came through would just be there drinking and, you know, (laughs) Jimmy Havoc, who we talked about a little bit before air, you know, just what he's been up to since he's left wrestling. I mean, he'd be there. And he's the one person I had a negative experience with meeting a wrestler. The only mm-hmm. one I've met. I mean, I've met just people through, you know, the website, but also going to shows and stuff. Everyone's been amazing. I've not had, even though what, like the, the grumps, I've never had a bad experience. But Jimmy Havoc, I'm sitting there, we're all at the table, and uh, Noam Dar and I are talking about like music. Can we voices. tell this
1: story since? Yeah. Okay. I, okay. I just want to make sure.
2: <laughs> oh, what talking about? Uh, Havoc. A name? Yeah. Well, I understand why you'd ask that. Um, we, we were just, t- I was talking with Noam Dar about Oasis, which is a band I'm into and he's huge yeah. into it was his entrance music was morning glory, which is from Oasis and the brothers she, Gallagher. Yeah. Brothers Gallagher and Havoc is standing there. He's just looking at me and I'm looking at him and I want to say hi and introduce myself because obviously I respected his work in the ring and he's like, are you going to buy me a beer just look at me like a dumbass? And I was just like, oh, well, no, I'm not going to buy you a beer. And then he walked away and that was like my only interaction with the guy. And I thought, okay, this is pretty like, he's like a heel. Is he healing me or what? But you know what? You know, everyone's like, yeah, he like, gets that way. You know, but, but, you know, but aside from that, going to progress shows was incredible. We'd be right there next to the action and then what wasn't long later before they're on TV with WWE and you know, their, their careers are just going up. And Will Osprey, I I remember I went one day into a progress show and I showed up early, which is rare. And I'm one of the first ones in the, in, into the venue and Will's just standing there with his progress wrestling championship over his shoulder. And he's just standing there. I think, I think it was like the first half hours of meeting greet was Will Osprey, but I didn't realize this. And I was the only one there with him and me. And I was just just trying to buy a beer. I was like, Will, Hey, you know, it's was just like, Fantastic. Like he had done something at the last show where he flipped off the balcony where we were. He'd gone there and just flipped right off. And I was just like, this guy is just blowing my mind. And he put the championship on my shoulder and we talked for just five minutes. I don't even know what we talked about, but I was like, this is just a nice guy. And so every time I went to a progress show, I just had a really good feel. And, you know, you're rooting for these guys. And I'm sure you felt that way going to the shows over the years. And you just see what happens to these guys' careers that you've had interactions with, uh, you know, off camera. He's so know.
0: skinny to see what he looks like now. He's bulked up yeah. a little bit. But yes. He's so
2: skinny when he Compared comes- to what he looked like at the first progress chapter show I saw him at, um, like, He's night and day. But I'll send you some though. of my
0: pictures of. I thought that was young Will Austria, but you look at Zach Sabre Jr., B Priestley. I think she's engaged to Will. Yeah. Uh, yes. Some of the greatest global talent is coming out of there. They're taking Japan and America by storm. Yeah. And too bad. I don't know what your thoughts were. WWE NXT stealing a lot of that talent, and, uh, I, and now I mean this NXT it killed
2: progress day, for me. Huh?
0: is nxt uk is it even still a thing there or is it kind of I don't know. down i don't they, know they brought i, I all haven't that followed it, to the us
2: yeah it's one of those yeah. things once it moved to wwe and uh was it nxt uk i, I watched a couple episodes but you know I, I, I didn't really keep up you know and i haven't been to a progress show or any wrestling show Ref revolution Pro is another one i saw osprey versus vader i saw kurt angle versus um gosh who was kurt angle going against but you know just you know, there's a lot of good wrestling out here. So it's, it would be silly not to take advantage, you know, wherever you live. Just yeah. look out for it. It
0: kills me, the Dewdrop thing. They won't let her use her real name or let her do what she's fully capable of. She is yeah. such a great big girl, talent, and they got rid of Nia Jax. The, why, why do you still... I don't know
2: about talent with that one.
0: <laughs> well, I'm not talking <laughs> about that, but I uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. can't re- think of her name now. But Dewdrop is, is really talented if you let her go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I was gonna say, because you mentioned about the uh viewpoint you had of the progress shows. Mike, you mentioned uh Meanie earlier, ECW Legend and whatnot. You'll have to ask him about when he was running 3 PW over at the electric factory. It was the same type of view, and see if he has any images of that. I think you'd appreciate it. It'd be you had the lower level bar, yeah, ringside seats, then you had the upper it's a concert hall so you had okay. another level with bar at bar and yeah it was kind of That's cool. exactly
2: what the electric ballroom is it's a concert venue but they do wrestling as well and yeah it was, it was a the cool whole setup. experience was amazing it was they I know
0: a lot of those UK venues like uh, Royal Albert Hall uh, you can be like way way up and, and looking yeah. down so it's uh, a different unique architecture in the UK yeah they've done good shows
2: there that's not when men, uh, men on a mission won their tag team championships at the uh the royal ever hall i had friends that were there you know they're just like i can't they're like why isn't that ever talked about it's like well you know i think it was only a short one didn't they get it and then three days later we um, we could talk for hours hey
0: aren't just- you gonna go to wwe's pay-per-view in the uk coming up with drew mcintyre in the main event i don't no. know who he's, who he's facing no i think no uh, no
2: no because that's in that's in wales and from from here it's about three and a half hours by train and you know i have to have a good reason to leave my family for a few, like for it would be like a two days type deal. Yeah, and I'm not really. That's just on. not. It'll just be the same. I'm, I'm a I'm a pro wrestling, uh, blogger. I have a website about pro wrestling, but I don't keep up with a lot of current day wrestling. You know, I will dip into the AEW, the AEW, you know, here and there, and WWE WrestleMania, but I'll read what's happening. But I'm more because of like our websites, more the history side, I don't have to, I kind of dip in and out. It's like one of those things when time's big, I'm like, I'm watching, but other than that, it's just kind of reading at the minute. Yeah. So yeah. And no one might look text. at
0: Lanny against uh, Randy in ICW, their family Kentucky outlaw promotion. Yeah. If oh, I love seen, that stuff. Yeah. Well, I was
2: watching, was it with the, the pile driver spot on the tables, uh, Lanny and Randy versus, um, Oh gosh, was that Ricky Morton and um, yeah,
0: the Rock and yeah. Roll, yeah, Rock
2: and Roll Express. Yeah, what a match, you know. So that was one of the things that we wa- I watched with one of the writers, Jim Phillips. You know, it's just like you know, just being able to d- dive into these these matches, like yeah, all of these wrestlers had phenomenal moments in WWE, but when you go backwards, they had some pretty kick butt stuff happening too, you know, and 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 the the atmosphere was just dingy and you know the I love. You know, one one name I was going to mention we were talking earlier was like like the Boyd Boyd Pierce types. You know,
0: uh, Just- what a great guy, Evan and and Lanny helped me out at my St. Louis 91, 1991 Sam Munchnik three day. It was a tribute to Sam Munchnik. It was really called the weekend for the boys because all the wrestlers trans themselves in. My MC was Luthes. I had the Funks, Penny Banner, Backlund. You know, a zillion other people. Lanny, when he came in to help me out, brought a um, a physical therapist because he knew I'd worked on this for a whole year. I was all stressed out. I was knurled up. He brings like this legit sports physical therapist masseuse. And, uh, you know, Evan was there. Ask Evan about this. You know, Lanny was a huge help. And um, he should send me
2: one. He should send me one out here to England. Like I sit in his chair all day. My back is not good. (laughs) That's the one that's thing that's bad, changed since he moved
0: to South America. I forget. I always screw it up. It's not Ecuador. Yeah. He's in
2: Ecuador in Quito. Ecuador. He's, he's in a more elevated area. He used to live on the coast, but then uh, it just wasn't good for him. So he moved. It was affecting his his skin and stuff. So he moved up to like the mountains and stuff and he loves it. He's meeting a lot of good people and his photos make me jealous. He's always well, eating he, good he's food. He's with a, a beautiful gal.
0: Women. Yeah. He's with a uh, beautiful gal and, uh, I mean, to look at my old photos of him with bleach blonde hair in Detroit, and <laughs> with Angelo Papo from The Sheik, they were the tag champions it. before Randy yeah. even got his start with The Sheik. And of course, yeah. then was a mark for Pampiro Furpo. That's where he got the oh, yeah, you know, all of us who knew Furpo. But um, yeah, great, great guy. I, I can only imagine Lanny and Jeff Jarrett talking with you on your show. That must have been amazing.
2: You know, Lanny was just like sitting back and I kind of took the charge in that one because I am i love, i look, Jeff Jarrett was someone I was watching and I had so many questions for the guy and I was just spewing him off and Lanny's just like, you know, let me know. They talked a little bit, you know, but sometimes he would get people on the show like we had um, Eugene Nick Dinsmore, who is a big, like he was a big Lanny and Macho Man fan. So he was coming in asking us questions, you know. Yeah, it was yeah, it was it was, it was was fun. And, and, and for Lanny, like just to sit there and hear him talk the stories with, you know, like Terry Funk was on the show and um, gosh, who was he talking? He was like talking about the territories and just being in the car and he was talking about doing like, was it the Mabel rib or something like this? And they were just, they were not really given too much detail, but because I know. That was saying, the Vachon's like-
0: thing. <laughs> it started with the Vachon's in Montreal and the great Antonio, the Mabel yeah. rib boyd pierce came to my convention anything i did boyd would come out for he was wonderful and whether he was doing uh, announcing for bill watts or paul bosch he would always come out with the craziest sports jackets yeah
2: they're so colorful. colorful
0: he was a wonderful human being when uh, again only in wrestling yeah I miss him to death like i miss uh, oh god that dallas referee the, the the old guy that uh, Bronco no, no. Lubich, who yes, was Luba, a yeah. Christmas card every year. I miss Pierce Pearson the same level with one of his best friends in Bronco Lubich. They were two terrific. Lubic is
2: his tags very like when you think about WWE or typical tags now or not the when your ref is hitting the three count. We watch the territories. <laughs> they all have different. They've got really soft taps.
0: He was arthritic. That's why he told me he was real arthritic. He couldn't is do that. Why stuff. Johnny? Johnny Reggie's dude would fly across the ring to make that count, yeah. but Bronco was like he came across as the laziest guy in wrestling, but only because he was really arthritic and in pain. The
2: people at the top wouldn't be able to see him doing that. You know, now <laughs> they're like putting their shoulders out. Have to be
0: animated, yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, well, we've shit. gone. I, I could talk to you guys for hours. But, you know, exactly, been a fun time.
1: We've gone over an hour, almost an hour and fifteen minutes. The website is, and I'm sure we can do this again and you guys actually or i should say jp just gave me an idea for a special birthday viewing party i started last year last year we did roadhouse for my birthday hmm. and so i'm definitely thinking and we just started messing with wrestling stuff as mike mentioned a couple of us obviously there are more to do with them i'm thinking of Doing something with wrestling because of what JP mm-hmm. was saying.
2: There's a watch along and just just no planning, just put it on. What do you guys want yeah. to watch? And then you just yeah, talk exact,
1: about it. Yeah, you know, what you see, you just talk. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. Oh, it's fun. You know, that's what we do with the movie watch alongs and stuff. But yeah. the website is prowrestlingstories.com Dr. Mike contributes to it as well. JP Zarka mentioned Facebook and there's a Twitter who I just followed. And we're gonna put links to everything to all episodes of this the audio versions to or the YouTube version, non.
2: Yep.
1: Beautiful pictures. There'll be images of <laughs> old school wrestling for sure. But yeah. JP, thank you so much for the time. Oh, thank you. pleasure
2: I've enjoyed this. Let's do it again soon.
1: Yes, sir.
0: Annoyingly even e
2: emethamine could be right for you. I have a disease, alright? I need help! Emethamine
1: lets you get gagged up on whooped chicken parts without yellowing one's teeth.
2: Oh
0: yeah!
1: Contact your doctor today if you experience the following. Oh my god! Increases in blood flow, boost in testosterone,
0: ending of erectile dysfunction. You're naughty! This medicine is made for extreme cases of being even keel. Extreme depression. Oh, come on! Side effects include fits of rage, acne, bleeding in folks around you, whooping cough, hallucinations, comas, trouble swallowing, decrease in semen, increase in amounts of selling yourself, amnesia, night terrors, higher mortgage rates, and increased sensations in not having suicidal urges. Oh my.
1: Hi guys, it's Candace Michelle, and I'm so excited to be a part of Crazy Train Radio. I hope you guys tune in for this live interview.